0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Hands to the feet. He's to the ten. The five touchdown. Oh! That's a play! it up the middle to the five into the end zone touchdown Eastern Michigan straight from the seven three four. It's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast presented by the Folling Warehouse. Your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all,
1: Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Your sixth of the Eastern Insider Podcast begins right now. No, Alex Jewell is not back but we've upgraded the voice of the Eagles here, Tom Helmer. Welcome to the show. I like it.
2: Upgrade. I like the, it's a compliment for sure. Great to be on the podcast. I, I can't. I can't believe it took me till year six to get here. Well, you've but been
1: a guest, but now you've. I been know. Promoted to being the guy that gets the headlines. I know it's what you always want.
2: <laughs> this is like getting called up in the majors. Yeah, finally like get the call.
1: The flamethrower coming in out of the yeah, pen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we we got a lot of stuff to cover throughout the year. How excited are you to be back behind the microphone calling EMU football in 2023? It's my favorite time of the year. This is what I wait for. The rest of the year is
2: finding a way to kill time <laughs> to get back to this point. And I, I can't... won't
1: let Rick Abbott know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, did some great work out in Cooperstown this summer, which was a joy. But it's it's I can't believe that football's back, but at the same time, Where have you been?
1: We got a taste of it over the weekend. Three critical matchups that EMU fans could watch. Ohio, San Diego State. It's a different game if Rourke doesn't get hurt out on the West Coast. Their offense wasn't the same. You look at UMass, big game. They get wins. But turnovers, the story of that game and how they force. And then Jacksonville State, same wins the turnover battle. I mean, football was back in a vengeance, but not the cleanest of football, though. And you,
2: all right, let's start with
1: Ohio San Diego State. Brady Hoke almost blew that game, yeah. going it for fourth down
2: late and giving Ohio a shot with no timeouts to go, but San Diego State able to hold on. Jacksonville State, one of my big takeaways is I think Rich Rod gave me an idea on where we can eat down there. Because he named That's a right. restaurant that he is going to after the game to celebrate. So that gives it a clue. But it's hard to tell, like, how good is UTEP? How good is, you know, these teams that we're going to see that what they're up against. And you could tell there were some week one things that weren't going smooth for them. But they're going to be tough challenges. And when we go down to Jacksonville State, I mean, it's no joke. They averaged 18,000 per game last year in the FCS. And they definitely have a chip on their shoulder now that they're at FBS school that they want to show that they belong.
1: They also showed that it's going to be hot, hot and swampy. It was 120
2: on the field at kickoff. 95 was the temp, 120 on the field.
1: We got a little taste of it last year in Cajun country. But uh, if you're Reggie Austin on the field shooting with that camera, I'd start hydrating now. I would load
2: up definitely on the... uh, Agua Fria.
1: So you you look at this, the season's upon us. We're going to hear from Coach Creighton coming up. I get a chance to talk with him. You talk to him in the press conference. I know coaches aren't always willing to share everything that's in the game plan. You might have been out to practice. Eastern is hungry and ready for this game. But on the other side, there's so many questions with Howard because you just don't know what an FCS school can do. And the fact that they want to come in here hungry, too, and and play that proverbial David versus Goliath.
2: Greg, you make a great point on that because for Howard, this may be the biggest game they play in the season because it's their chance to knock off an FBS school. And they got a lot of talent. Chris Creighton has talked about it all through camp. You know, they got a really good quarterback. They got a talented offensive line. They got a lot of key pieces back on offense and defense, and they really want to challenge Eastern Michigan. As far as Eastern, I think we're going to see some surprises on our side of the ball too. Ben Needham is now defensive coordinator. He's changed some things, and to be honest with you, I don't know if we'll know exactly what all those changes are until they take the field. Pike's the offensive coordinator this year. He, he took it over at the end of last year, but there's, there's going to be some changes and it excites me to see how Eastern's going to build off of what they did a year ago because – there's trophies in the cases. We all got a little jewelry. Oh, Do you
1: yeah. wear it out of the town at all, the ring? Uh, no, it's so heavy on my hand. I I, I, <laughs> I, I I haven't hit the gym as much as you have. I, I, I can't carry that kind of weight.
2: Get some shoulder tendonitis oh. from the ring. But the ring they want is the MAC title ring. And that's really yep. what... I mean, they're like, yeah, I talked to Joe Sparacio today. He's like, listen, it was great. It was great going to a bowl game. It was great winning the bowl game. We didn't come to just go to bowl games and try and win them. We're here to win conference titles.
1: You got a chance to talk to Ben Needham. We'll hear from that coming up in the show. People love that guy. They do. And he he's not just a football guy. You name it, he's a renaissance man. He's a music guy. Yeah. It,
2: his His life could have taken a different course, and you'll hear from Ben Needham later on, because I'm going to ask him about that, because his degree from Ohio State is in music. So it wasn't a, a coaching thing. He could have easily been conducting a band.
1: Uh, didn't I read in high school in some article that he actually marched at half times during his high school football games? I, th- I swear I read that I don't
2: somewhere. Know about that? Okay. All right. Because uh, he, you know, he was he played college football yeah. at DePaul, but then decided I'm, I'm going to switch to Ohio State and and take a different path
1: he's been with chris a very long time so he gets the chance to showcase his responsibilities he's done it before at kent state i think he's learned from it and we'll make some some drastic changes from that from a year ago so a, a fun season in store what are you most looking forward to for friday night under the lights in the factory i'm looking forward to seeing uh some new pieces that this offense has along with
2: the old guard like samson evans uh and seeing how this team can move the ball defensively, as we've mentioned Ben Needham and him taking over the defense, he's a guy that likes to program his defense to what he's got. He doesn't try and wedge players into uncomfortable positions and just like, hey, this is the defense we play. and You need to fit my system. He looks at his roster and says, you know what? These are my 11 best guys. Why don't I design a defense that works for them? And so they've been pumped up about that. So I look forward to seeing that. And the special teams. Eastern Michigan, everybody's back on special teams, which is unbelievable. So I look forward to seeing these guys this season. And just just enjoy being in the stadium. As long as I don't get locked in the elevator.
1: Well, that has happened before. It happened in 2019. Uh, Uh, No power outage. We'll we'll cross our fingers Now, the weather's
2: going to be great. There's every reason to come out to this game. It's the start of the football season. It's a Friday night. Temperature's going to be in, like, the low 70s. It's a perfect night for college.
1: Come out, Rob and Tom. We'll have the call beginning at six twenty on WEMU or the Varsity Network app. I'll have your halftime coverage as well. Uh, elsewhere, that Eastern Michigan athletics this week: uh, some things that we want to make you aware of. On, of uh, course, Thursday, you're going to have EMU soccer at Michigan State. Men's cross country is also in action volleyball this weekend they are on the road they're in valpo uh for the popcorn classic of course orville Redenbacher at valpo how wouldn't you have that way so uh big classic there they will get oakland and valpo and then of course it's football under the lights and then women's golf also in action up at agaming they get things going on a busy week for us plus the girvin statue goes up on thursday how about that how about George Gervin? The Iceman
2: cometh. Yeah, and they they surprised him when they announced they were going to change the arena yep. after him. Now they're putting a tro- or a statue out front. It it's, it's big time. It's big time. Big but time. when you're George, when you're the Iceman, everybody remembers the poster sitting in the chair with the oh, ice basketballs. Classic. Yeah. Well, and, and could he be a nicer guy? No. He he could not be any nicer. I thought, listen, this guy's one of the top NBA players ever. He's got every reason to kind of like, eh, couldn't be more personable.
1: Oh, he wanted pictures with you and your brother and kids, and it was (laughs) a whole family reunion. I don't know if he wanted them, but we were getting them. (laughs) Also a big week for you. First, congratulations. Drew's first day of college here at EMU. Your son, now the newest member of the Eagle flock here at
2: EMU. so excited to be going to Eastern Michigan first class monday morning 9:30 and he left the house good hour before class he wasn't ready to be on campus yet i think he wanted to kind of test the waters but he was he did something he doesn't normally do in high school he wasn't wearing a hat he actually combed his hair
1: wow yeah he's going to be embarrassed the dad talked about him on day 1 here yeah. on the eastern insider but we're excited he's around the football program he he
2: wants to be an athletic trainer that's what he's studying here at eastern michigan so He's he's starting at the very bottom as water boy, and uh, working his way up from that point.
1: But worked okay for Adam Sandler in that movie. It did, yeah. I, he transitioned quickly yeah. to a fierce defensive player. He does. Maybe we'll be seeing him soon in the starting lineup. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we'll see
2: Drew uh, sacking quarterbacks anytime soon. But he will keep them hydrated. Hey, some high
1: quality H two O. That's it for Tom and I. We've got interviews because we know that's what you want to hear. Chris Creighton on the other side. And then Tom will have a conversation with Ben Needham here on the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast presented by The Folding Warehouse.
3: You already know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan gives you access to the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. What you may not know is that with our 24-hour nurse line, online visits, whole health support, urgent care, and more... You can access the care you need whenever and wherever you need it, giving you the confidence in knowing that you're covered anytime, anywhere. We're here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com.
0: It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football, but you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Bowling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Foline Warehouse, at the corner of Washtenaw Golf Side in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten.
1: For the 10th year in a row, we open the season with head coach Chris Creighton. Do you ever think about it being 10 years and all of a sudden it's gone? I mean, it's the longest you've been at a place throughout your career. I mean, how does it feel to now be in year 10?
4: I have thought about it. You know, it's um, uh, it's it's special to me. You know, it's uh, something I'm thankful for and proud of um, at the same time. And, you know, it's it was in the summer where I was thinking about that and, this will be my 27th year as a college head coach. And I'm 54. And so half my life. Right. You know, and that freaks me out. That seems crazy to me. I feel as though I've just gotten started. Um, but, yeah, thankful and and, uh, and proud
1: uh, to be here 10 years. Yeah, I keep thinking. I mean, I, I came here as a student in the summer, uh, the fall of 99. I mean, most all of my adult life I've been spent on this campus. And it's just like, where the time go some yeah, days? Yeah. You look at camp every camp's different, but this year, a little different in the aspect that you handed off the OC responsibilities. You've talked in the past about when you first started, you had to be the culture coach. Then you went to the to become the OC and still being the head coach. What's kind of the role now as things have evolved?
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. it was 24-7 culture and coach DeBoer, you know, um, ran the offense and and ran it at a really high level. And and Coach Keene was a part of all that and, and had done it and done it at a high level. And so then he continued with it. And then when Coach Keane went and, you know, took over at Wash U, his alma mater, um, I just felt as though the the program and the culture, if you will, was in a was in a good spot. You're always yeah. working on that, but uh, then was able to to jump back in um as the offensive coordinator. And I and I did that for a couple of reasons. Um one, I just really wanted to establish it as as eastern Michigan's offense mm-hmm. and you know um, not at least on one side of the ball have to you know worry about change and and all of that I really wanted to cement that and felt as though you know um, was able to do that um, and it was also time I always said when someone else is going to do it better than me then you know what I mean that's time to turn it over and um, was going into Kent State last yep. year, I think I had four games uh, left. Yeah, Pike um, started calling it and, and did a great job. I knew he would, and um, you know, then after the season, just said, "Hey, I'm gonna you, make you the offensive coordinator." And um, so my role, you know, and now we've had a change on defense. Even though Coach Needham and I have worked together for a long time, I feel as though that I'm, um, you know, coaching coaches. We had a fair amount of right. turnover, um, you know, on the staff and. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that's the role is the is the culture and and the, and the staff and um, getting things going.
1: Last year it was climbing that mountain. You finished so close to, to getting to Detroit and upending Toledo and, and all that. We know the past is the past. But looking at it this year, the goal has not altered. Still, it's Detroit, but – expectations have changed a little bit with the bull win a year ago and maybe not being the the underdog always. How does that change the role too? Because for all too often, this program has been looked upon as the underdog. Maybe now some people view as you, you as the hunter that they're trying to take out.
4: Yeah. Um, again, so, so much of that is, is the outside and right. There's, there's, there's positives and there's things that you sort of have to, you know, dismiss. Um, you know, with that, you. So I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but so much of, you know, what we do is recruiting. Um, and you want the positive vibes. You want people to have mm-hmm. high, high expectations and to be proud and all of those things. Um, and that that impacts lots of things. I mean, there's no no question. And then, so there's that and that matters. But then there's also, then you got you got the team, you got the four walls, right. everybody's in there or the practice field. Um, and, you know, we're not last year's team. Um, and that's true every year. Um, and I, I do think that we're in a healthy spot, to be honest. I, I don't think that we think we're better than we are. Um, I don't have that sense at all. Um, I mentioned that there's, you know, we, we've got some talented um, position groups and there's been some competition there and trying to figure it all out we need everybody but you know everybody wants to be the first one out there and and so i think that has um helped take any kind of concentration or thought you know about how good we are compared to everybody else and just like hey you know you know we're trying to become as good as we can become um as a team and this year's team is going to be different than last year's team this year's team you know wants to be better than last year's team um I've never been on a a team where they didn't want to be better than the, (laughs) the previous year's team. Um, And, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll be different and it's going to be exciting to see as we forge a new identity and how we go about it.
1: Lots returned, but some new pieces in there as well. When you look at kind of your, your camp battles, I mean, offensive line, you had some places to fill wide receiver, of course, outside of Tanner, a lot of, of new people in there. quarterback still was a battle. When you look at both sides of the ball, are there any position groups that you really looked at those battles and are like, wow, we we really have some guys going at it when trying to win this job?
4: Yes. No question. Um you know, that like I was talking about earlier, I mean, that that has made us better. Um I think, you know, guys whether they were, you know, who were here last year and, you know, vying to be a starter last year or a starter last year, there there's definitely position groups where it's like, whoa, this is like this isn't just next man up like this is my deal and, you know i'm i'm competing there's mm-hmm. other other good people whether that's you know um f- freshmen from a year or two ago who have developed and or are ready to play and you know a couple transfers and and um yeah just kind of a combination of of reasons
1: i know i ask you this every other year or so game one always is that tricky line you're you want to win the game, but you want to get as many people reps in, in game competition as you can. How do you go about not trying to show too much while also getting everybody in in, a, in the proper spot and alignment and making sure you clean up technically those kind of roles? Yeah,
4: I, I really, I don't know how I've answered that before, but I, I don't think that that's part of the plan um, at all. Our, we are, um, we're not holding anything back. We are not trying to get people <laughs> reps or playing time. We are trying to win the game. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, I mean, that's period. Yeah.
1: Howard comes in last year, four and one in their conference in, in the MIAC. Certainly uh, you talked about it in your press conference. They've got all conference players left and right. As always, when you play an FCS opponent, it's their Super Bowl in a lot of ways. How do you see the strengths of Howard matching up with with you as well?
4: Yeah. First of all, I've, you know, I've coached at several different levels and been doing this for a while now and a good football team is a good football team. So I don't, I mean, people are kind of figuring it out with players now, Mm -hmm. right? When division two players are going and starting at SEC teams and all of that stuff. I mean, the NFL figured it out a long time ago, right? Walter Payton was pretty good, wasn't he? (laughs) Wasn't he? He was. Yeah. I mean, so the NFL, you know, had it figured out and now, college football is figuring out like, wow, those guys are really good. And a good football team is a good football team. Um, so period again, I mean, that's just, um, and so I think it's pretty, pretty easy for me just because I've coached at the FCS and, um, but also what's the difference between how I feel about when we're going to go play a quote power five school, um, You know, so what is it that, like, we're going to, you know, go beat someone that other people don't think that we can, and then if people think that FCS and FBS, that there's some kind of issue, but that can't be, you know, Howard, it it, it doesn't make any sense um, at all, Uh, so... I forget what your question was, but I'm just telling you, this is, it's no different for me.
1: I can say it was asterisk next to Central Connecticut State and all those that have pushed you right to the edge too. I mean, oh. it just shows right there. Any given night, anybody can win. Coach, I'll get you out of here on this. You look at it, uh, a Friday night under the lights, college football at its finest. Uh, how excited are you to be running out of that garage and, and knocking down the wall come Friday night?
4: Really excited. Really excited. You know, last time we played at home um, was a really, really special uh, day uh, and evening. Um, And uh, so we're excited to be able to be at home, excited that school has started and Eagle Nation, the student body and fans and the community are gonna be out. Um, And uh, our team is like, you know, we practiced yesterday. Um, and there was some serious juice um, and energy. Uh, Our team's excited.
1: As always, we appreciate your time. We'll do this each and every week throughout the football season. Good luck this week against Howard. Thanks, man. There he is, head coach Chris Creighton. We'll roll on here on the Eastern Insider after this.
0: You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now, let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer.
2: All right, joining me now, Ben Needham, defensive coordinator at Eastern Michigan. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Excited to be on here. (laughs) Are you really excited or are you just saying? I really am excited. (laughs) Ben Needham entering his sixth year at Eastern Michigan. He is now the defensive coordinator taking over for Neil Nethery. I think a lot of fans would want to know, what is your defensive philosophy?
3: As much as we can, we want to be simple for our guys and complicated for the offense. And that takes some work on the coaches' parts, what we've been going through. Um, but we are going to close the middle of the field the majority of the time, which is to say we're going to have a safety back there uh, closing the middle of the field and making people throw the ball towards the sidelines. And then we want to be multiple in the box. And so give guys different looks with fronts and movements and pressures, um, but be fairly simple coverage-wise.
2: You're a trench guy. You played some O-line at DePaul University
3: originally. Yeah, and luckily they don't have any film of that. All the film is gone because it wasn't those, that long those, ago. Those were rough days. Uh, <laughs> yes, played line at DePaul for two years and then transferred to Ohio State uh, to get going as a student coach. And that's what I was going
2: to ask you because you have a bachelor's degree in music education. So I didn't know if you thought at one point music was going to be your life and then you kind of got into this coaching thing. What yeah. happened there?
3: Yeah, I, uh, I still love music, still listen to it often. My players and I don't like the same kind of music, uh, so I let them choose what we listen to in the meeting. But there was a time when, uh, you know, going to be a high school orchestra conductor was a real possibility. Um, but as I got to Ohio State and the chance to get going uh, as a student coach, boy, that really ignited a passion. It was going to be hard to say no to keep going on that field.
2: So who were you working with at Ohio State?
3: I was in recruiting at first. Um, with Greg Gillum, who's now at Wisconsin. And then I spent two years with Jim Haycock, who was their defensive line coach and defensive coordinator. I'm trying to, who, who was the head coach at the time? Was Jim it, Trestle. It was, was the head Trestle.
2: Coach. Okay. Yep. And, did, yep. and what was it like just being around that? Because there's football and then there's division one football and then there's power five in schools yeah. like Ohio state. It's a different animal.
3: It was very different in that, uh, the amount of resources and the number of people around the program helping. And, you know, I played Division Three ball, and then I got there, and I was looking up at every—I mean, the corners were taller than our offensive lineman at the ball. So the players are bigger, faster, stronger, and the amount of resources and all that. But then once I got there, it was a little bit surprising how similar football is. The players are bigger, faster, stronger. The resources are much bigger. The film gets downloaded quicker, all that— but the schemes and all that was not terribly much more complicated than it was at the Division III level. Um, and that was eye-opening for me as well, that football is football. And you can have great players and you can have Division III players, but they have to be able to execute the things that are drawn up on the page.
2: We're talking to Ben Needham, defensive coordinator for Eastern Michigan football. You were at Kent State prior to coming to Eastern Michigan. As I looked through your bio, I'm like, for a while— you were coaching
3: punters. (laughs) Uh, That might be a bit, I was the special teams coordinator. Um, But I was, uh, probably one skill I got really good at at Kent State was delegating. And so as the special teams coordinator, when it came time to coach the kickers and punters, uh, had a great helper who would take those guys.
2: Because special teams, The players and the whole thing, it's their own different animal. And uh, even the special teams guys here at Eastern Michigan, they're their own grouping. And they they have
3: personalities that are unlike most football players. Would you agree with that? Very true. And uh, they look different from most football players. I mean, if you lined up our 114 guys, it would not be hard to pick out the eight that are kickers and punters. It's a great Uh, gig if you can get it. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was a great, it was a great experience as a young coach to have to learn something myself and then go teach it. Um, You know, when I go out and we coach defense now, that's something for 20 years now I've been doing. But having to learn what to teach a putter and then go ask him to do it, that makes you a better coach.
2: Yeah, because you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You've got to learn a different skill. To, I mean, you're talking about stuff in the trench or defense or different stuff. That's your wheelhouse. But right. when you've got to expand to all different facets of the game, it, it really does change the way you coach, doesn't it?
3: It does. And having to learn it yourself makes you think more critically about how you explain it to somebody else. Maybe it's sometimes you know when you're coaching a guy who's been here four years— you're not explaining it as detailed and as simply as you would if you had to learn it yourself two days ago. Right. Uh, So it it did make me a better coach in that regard.
2: What have you found in guys that are transitioning from high school to college ball? I know some guys go from college to the NFL, and they're like, there's not a whole lot of coaching per se going on. You kind of need to know what you want to do. But what do you see as an 18-year-old steps on campus of where they are as far as football knowledge and skill wise, and how much you have to coach those guys.
3: Yeah, it's the coaching is endless, um, because the high school freshmen that come in, um, even if they were very well coached, and a number of our players were, it's a whole different system. It's a whole different way of doing things. Uh, so there's there's endless coaching to be doing with those guys, from how they get in their stance to where their eyes should be to you know actually running the plays that we call. Uh, but one thing that you know over the over the years I've been coaching that you notice is these guys are generally becoming uh, more physically prepared than they once were when they get in, and I think some of the sports science that you know starts at the highest levels of the sport and has trickled down to college now for the last decade or so is starting to trickle down to the high school level, uh, to where it used to be that you would not play ever uh, a freshman a true freshman on either of the lines or D line right. And now, you know, maybe they don't start, but we have guys that come in and are physically capable of taking 10, 12 snaps a game as a young guy. And that used to never be the case. So I think some of that is guys at a younger age are starting to understand the importance of nutrition and rest and the weight room and all those things. So uh, that's been fun to watch. Where are you on so many parents want their kid to
2: specialize in a sport? Where are you on athletes? As they're growing up and and should they specialize in a sport or do you prefer the athlete that plays a couple different
3: sports we love guys that play as much as they can and i think that's better on both fronts first on the front of i think it's just best as a young person to experience being with a team as much as you can in every different environment and then secondly even if your lifelong dream is to get a division one football scholarship our uh, safeties that have played center field are better at tracking that ball than they would be yeah. if they had specialized football. And our D linemen that wrestled are better at hand fighting and maintaining leverage than guys who don't wrestle. And, you know, any number. I mean, we have a few O linemen that played basketball, and man, do they have good feet. You know, just all those skills, there's translation there. Um, so I think it's better as a holistic view, as a person, and I think it helps you get ready to play Division One ball.
2: We're talking with Ben Needham, defensive coordinator for Eastern Michigan football. My final question for you, you replace Neil Nethery, who retired after last season. What kind of impact did Neil have on you? And is it, when you go into practice, did you get any, that's not how we did it last year, as you try and implement your own
3: style of defense? Yeah, first talk about Neil. Uh, He gave me my first uh, coaching job, uh, working for him and Coach Creighton at Wabash College and then hired me at Drake, and then hired me at Eastern Michigan, and uh, so to, to have the person that hired you first gradually give me more responsibility and more uh, say in what we were doing was a huge, I mean, career-changing impact that I had. And then beyond that, just as a man, I mean, Neil Nethery is as good a man as there is in coaching, and was a genuine person that loved the players, that cared about uh, the people that he was working with and wanted their input and wanted their, and so you know I would not be um, probably coaching Division one football, maybe not coaching football at all if it weren't for Neil Nethery. So I owe him a huge, huge debt. Uh, and then beyond you know Neil, just in terms of our our players transitioning, um, have gotten no pushback. They are all for. Whatever we decide to do, and uh, that's been really, really fun. When you have 52 guys that are totally on board and will go with whatever you want to do, um, it makes it fun that you get to try out some new things.
2: Ben Adam, thank you for your time. We appreciate. It. I don't know if you were actually excited to do this, but you're <laughs> phenomenal, and I think if you ever want to transition out of coaching into broadcasting, there's definitely a future for you there too. When I
3: when Coach Creighton fires me, that'll be my next. Gig. <laughs> that's the next step. It's right. gonna
2: take my job on the booth. Appreciate
0: you, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, man. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast, your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.